today. If you're following along on our Movement Church app, I put all of my notes that I think that you're going to want to use and have readily available in my sermon notes on our app underneath Sunday services. You can just open up to there. If not, you want to turn your Bible to the book of 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 16. Last week, we talked about the Holy Spirit empowering us in three core areas. Number one, speaks to who we are. Number two, speaks to our value. Number three, speaks to our approval. Every single one of us at the end of the day, I believe this. I've learned this in my own life. I want to know who I am. I want to know that I'm valued, that I'm worth something, that I'm loved, and I want to know that I belong somewhere, that I'm accepted, I've been approved. This is something that's core to all of humanity, and I believe this to be true, that what God wants to do is speak to our identity. Those things that I just talked about, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to just say today as a whole, we'll just call our identity. I will tell you, though, God empowers us by the Holy Spirit to walk in this identity so that we can empower other people. Today, we're going to talk about what that looks like. We're going to talk about two things. Number one, that you've been empowered as a new creation, but you've also been empowered with a new purpose. Let's read in the book of 2 Corinthians chapter 16. It says, starting in verse 16, So from now on, we regard no one from a worldly point of view. I could stop and preach just on that. I'm going to read it again. So from now on, we regard no one from a worldly point of view. Though we once regarded Christ in this way, we do so no longer. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old is gone and the new has come. All this is from God who reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. That God was reconciled was reconciling the world to himself in Christ, not counting men's sins against them. And he has committed to us the message of reconciliation. We are therefore Christ's ambassadors, as though God were making his appeal through us. We implore you in Christ's behalf. Be reconciled to God. God made him who had no sin to be sin for us, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God, that word righteousness or the right standing, to have right thinking, that we would become the righteousness of God. Number one, we're empowered as new creations. This is a little bit of a tag off last week because I think it's really important that we get this down so that we understand that we're empowered as new creations and we've been empowered with a new purpose, but we have to fully understand what it is that we've been empowered with as new creations. It said, and we just read this in verse 17, if anyone in his Christ, he, the creation, the new creation has come, the old is gone, the new is here. And all this is from God who reconciled us through himself. He reconciled us. So when we walk empowered by the Holy Spirit to know who we are, we have right identity. That means we've been reconciled. Let me, let me give you a definition of reconciliation. It's an adjustment. It means to change or exchange. So what adjustment had to take place? The adjustment, this was an adjustment to the difference between where humanity falls and where God stands. The adjustment that we're talking about in reconciliation is the difference between where humanity falls and where God stands. Now, if you're an accounting person, if you studied money, if you were a finance major, if you took any accounting classes, this is going to make sense to you. I'm going to read very quickly. I'm going to read what reconciliation means in the accounting world because I think it gives the best depiction 
for what it means for you and I to be walking and standing in reconciliation. It says, reconciliation is an accounting process that compares two sets of records to check that figures are correct and in agreement. So first and foremost, there's two sets of records. Reconciliation and accounting is a process that compares these two sets of records to check to see that the figures are correct and in agreement. Are they the same? Accounting reconciliation also confirms that accounts in the general ledger are consistent, accurate, and complete. So good. Thank you, all of you, like CPAs and finance people. This is what this means to you and I. There are two sets of accounting records for your life. God is holding an account of your life over here, a set of records. And it says that the process is there to check to be sure that they're consistent, accurate, and complete. The records that God holds, the account of your life, the value of your life, your worth, the fact that you actually are accepted, that you belong, who he says you are is held in this accounting. And he says, that, God says, this is who I say you are. Through my son Jesus Christ is my creation. That's a set of books. That's an accounting record of your life. Over here we have Satan, the enemy of the state, if you will, who is holding a separate account of your life and of my life. And God says over here, Satan is not God. God is the creator of all things. Satan was created. He has no power to create anything. He only has power to pervert what was already created. This is important. Satan has no power to create who you are. He only has the ability to pervert or skew who you think you are or the world may regard you as. So we have God who holds an accounting record and, he's, and God looks at your accounting, he looks at your bank account and says, priceless, endless resource. Because I gave my priceless, precious son. Satan is over here saying, I'm gonna give an account of your, of your life. You're worthless. You're worth nothing. In fact, the only purpose that you have is to be used by me to make sure that other people know that they have no worth. And there's the discrepancy in the accounts. And so God said, I'm going to send my son to reconcile the difference. How many of you right now would want your bank account? If you, if you went in and you said, hey, uh, this, is, this is my bank account. And somebody said to it, uh, no, it's not. This is actually your bank account. You're going, no, my, no, my bank account, I've got a million dollars in it. And the person over here says, falsifies. It says, not, not, only, not only is there a discrepancy, but I don't even believe you are who you say you are. 
but this account has no worth. How many of you would want to come into agreement with this account over here that has no worth? Nobody. Everybody wants to come into agreement with the account that has worth, priceless worth, unending, further than we could ever imagine worth. Every one of us, I honestly believe this, if anyone disagreed with me, I firmly believe they're lying for the point of argument. I firmly believe that. Then why would we not want to have Jesus Christ who reconciled these accounts in our life? Why would you not want Jesus in your life? He's like the great spiritual CPA. He's like, there's a difference in the accounting. And God said, I am not, I'm not willing to let you walk through life thinking that what's been falsified over here. It's not even that you did something wrong and the enemy wants to press on that and create guilt. It's that the enemy is wrongly accusing you. It's that he's like, it's, it's a mistaken identity issue. You don't even have the right, like I could look at Satan and go, you don't even have the right guy. I wasn't even in the state. I wasn't even in the country for what you say I did. Because when it comes to the accounting that God has, he looks at it through the lens of his son Jesus Christ and says, I cannot put a price on your life. You are worth it. And I am a God of reconciliation. And, I've, and you are now walking as a new creation. God didn't take, you know, you, you clean up your credit. God didn't clean up you and I's credit. He didn't clean up, he didn't clean up our dirty past. The scripture says that he separated it as far as the east is from the west. He gave you a new account. Started fresh. And gave you a new identity as a new creation attached to that account. And he gave you an identity as a son and as a daughter. He reconciled the difference. But when you became who you are, son and daughter, of a daddy that has limitless resources, you also get access to the daddy's account. I don't think you guys are, are catching what I'm saying. The enemy's a buster. He got booted because he thought his value needed to be the same as God's. And he didn't like that. So he wants you now... He, he wants you and I to run around and complain that our value isn't high enough based on his scale of valuation. And God is saying, this isn't even a debate. He's a buster. He got caught. Now, now he wants to pervert and skew who you think you are. But you're a new creation. And I've reconciled the discrepancy in the accounts. You can just gently say amen so I know that you understand if you do. Reconciled empowerment by the Holy Spirit. This is something important for us to understand. Reconciled empowerment by the Holy Spirit gives me a personal responsibility with my new identity. 
It gives me a personal responsibility. Changes things. In fact, I will tell you that it's, it's, not, it's not negotiable whether or not you have a responsibility. It's yours. Number two, we are empowered for a new purpose. In verse 19, the author of this book to these people in this town called Corinth says, and he has committed to us the message of reconciliation. We're new creations with a new purpose. What's been committed to you and I is a message of recon reconciliation. We're committed. <laughs> like whether I asked for it or not kind of a thing. You're like, but I didn't ask for that. I just wanted all the fringe benefits of Jesus. I just didn't want to be committed. That's called dating. That's called friends with benefits. That's like putting Jesus on the speed dial from when you need to like, when you need a friend, I'll say it gently. It begins with Netflix. And that's how we treat Jesus. And Jesus is like, I'm committed. I gave everything. Now you're committed. And the problem happens when I go, God, I, 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 lo I love the access to the account. I love access to this new identity. I just don't like the commitment. So new reconciled creations have been tagged <laughs> with new purpose of reconciliation. This is real easy. We've been reconciled and now we become, we become reconcilers. It's that simple. It says, we therefore are Christ's ambassadors as though God were making his appeal through us. It says, we implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. It says, the old is gone. I'm going to go back to this. The old is gone and the new is here. What this means is, is that the old purpose of serving oneself dies when you say yes to Jesus and a new purpose is born. See, what, uh, what, before I became a father, before my wife and I had the first of our seven daughters, what hit my brain was, is, oh my gosh, I'm going to be a father. I was like, I can't even remember, 24? That was some, something like that. That was like 70 years ago. <laughs> and I remember just all the fear that hit my brain. Oh my gosh, this is going to, this is going to change. That's going to change. I'm afraid of this. I'm afraid of that. And then I'm standing at Tri-City Hospitals down the, down the freeway in Shanders and Labor. And she births our newest child and all of the things that I thought all of the fears that I had immediately disappeared and in a split second in a split second they were replaced by a sense of responsibility that I had never ever felt in my life and the things that maybe filled me that I was a little, little fearful, dare I say fearful of, were completely different than the things that I had thought before. In fact, I will tell you that these fears were totally self-serving. 
These fears had everything to do with the protection of this child who now is 100% dependent on me stepping up as a new creation father. See, when we, when we say yes to Jesus, we become mothers and fathers. This is how fast it happens. Right now. Right now, you're in the position of leading. Right now, you're committed to the ministry of reconciliation. Right now. You don't have to go to seminary. You don't have to wait six months. It's a right now power for a right now purpose. See, old agendas and purposes, they die. This is what old agendas and old purposes look like. See, if it was up to me, I would serve myself. And what I would want is, I would want a blacked out Range Rover, flat black, matte black, by the way, not gloss shine. I want it flat black. Go, windows ghosted out. You aren't going to see me driving it. If it isn't that, then I'd say a Mercedes G-Wagon done the same way. I mean, that's just, if I was going to serve myself. So what happens is, is we get caught up. Our old man purpose is like, I need to go get rich instead of being the father of reconciliation. I'm going to be a father of richness instead of a father of reconciliation. Are you following me? So what I'm going to do is I'm going to go out and work one, two, three, four jobs. I'm going to work seven days a week. I'm going to, I may even have a family. I'll be present physically, but I'll be distant emotionally because my purpose is I need to be driving this vehicle. Now, I just want to say something very quickly. If you can afford to drive that vehicle without it destroying your purpose and robbing you of your identity, praise Jesus. Drive what your daddy gave you. I am not, like, it is not a car issue. It's a heart issue. It's the fact that when I become a new creation, I get a new purpose. Suddenly my purpose is no longer making the money. My purpose is no longer trying to achieve the things to make other people approve of me and accept me. I'm, not, I'm just going to walk away from that right there. In fact, Scripture says you are reconciled now as an ambassador. This, every, single, every single time I've ever heard this Scripture preached, they'll bring up the ambassador part. The pastor stands up and he starts talking about ambassadors. You're an ambassador for Christ. What that means is, you know, and they start talking about how ambassadors live in countries, but they're from and wherever they go. And I, I 100% agree with all that. But I looked the word ambassador up, and this was the definition of ambassador that I had never seen. And I thought it was very, fast, very fascinating. Check this out. Ambassador means to be older. Prior by birth or in age. This is what that means. Holy Spirit empowers your identity. He speaks to who you are. You've been given a right now power for a right now purpose. 
you only have to be an ambassador. You only have to be a little bit older. You only have to be a little bit further than the next person for you to reach a hand back and say, tag. But what happens a lot of times is we do this. God, I'm going to run as fast as I can, and I wanna get, I'm going to get as far away from everybody as possible. Now I'm mature enough. I can look back, and I can tell everybody how much they are doing wrong. Because that's my purpose now. Be, because the tough word leads to repentance. Uh, it says it's his kindness that leads to repentance. <laughs> and the other problem is if ambassador means, by definition, to be older prior by birth or in age, what that means is I only have to be a little bit further. I can't reach the person who is struggling with their identity if I'm too far away from them, can I? I need to be able to reach back and, 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 and grab their hand and say, I want to speak to you. I want to speak to who you are today. I'm going to speak directly to who God says you are today. I want to speak to that inner part of you that's dying to be seen, that you feel like nobody sees. And everybody wants to regard me as the world regards me. And that's what we read, right? So from now on, we regard no one from a worldly point of view. What I'm saying is when you become a new creation with a new purpose, you start regarding people not the way that the world sees them, but the way that the Father sees them because you had a Father speaking over you. And now you can reach back. See, you're in touch. You've been tagged. And you reach your hand back and you say, I got this is like a human chain. I get it. You empower me through the power of the Holy Spirit. And I empower them through the power of the Holy Spirit. It's like a giant life-size game of sharks and minnows. Have you ever played sharks and minnows? It's a real simple game. This is why they play it. With little kids, they play it because they understand it. Here's the deal. You're all sharks. Okay. Okay. You're all minnows. Okay, we're all minnows. What do we do? Minnows. Tag the sharks and turn them into minnows. And the sharks go, whoa, whoa, what do we do? Sharks, you tag the minnows. You try to turn them into sharks. God said, there's something beautiful in this game of sharks and minnows. It's this simple. How many of them can you tag? How many of them can you get? How many of them can you touch with your life? How many of them can you speak life into? Tag, you're it. You ever hear that? Tag, you're it. That's <laughs> what Holy Spirit just did to you. See, because when you decided to follow Jesus, your life is no longer yours. This is the truth. This is the, and this isn't a popular message like in, in American church. Like, when you give your life to Jesus, things just get better. If you pray hard enough for that G-Wagon, you'll get it. We hear all kinds of stuff, right? And it's like, let me tell you, the only thing I know for certain is when you gave your life to Jesus, you gave, like, it is not, you gave it. It ain't yours anymore. 
I'm sorry, it is not yours any longer. I don't want you thinking if I grew up in the streets or anything. Use the word ain't. There's a battle right now. It's sharks and minnows. And the enemy, the enemy doesn't want us to tag as many people as possible. You've been tagged. And I'm going to tell you, my goal at the end of my life is to be surrounded by my kids, my grandkids. I'm sure I'll have a ton of grandkids. I'm supposing there'll be boys in there. Thanks for the prayer. Start praying now. I want to be surrounded by them. And I also, I want to know this. I want to know that I tagged as many people as possible with a reconciled identity empowered by the Holy Spirit that I possibly can. One by one. Tag. You're it. It's that simple. This is not complicated. We need to remember what we were saved from. We were saved from an account of our lives that was inconsistent, inaccurate. And it was incomplete. And God stepped in and reconciled that. And we have the opportunity to step in, tag, and change the trajectory of someone's life, partnering with the power of the Holy Spirit, tag. And telling them in their life that there's certainty in Jesus, tag. There's completeness and fullness in who he is and who he says you are. that you and I cannot forget the mission that we've been placed on. Tag. It's really that simple. You know, when Jesus spoke to his disciples and he told them that he wanted them to go and wait for the power of the Holy Spirit to fall on them, he said, it's not for you to know the times or the dates the Father has set by his own authority, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses. And it says, in all Jerusalem, all Judea and Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. So we're empowered now to be his witnesses of a reconciled life of certainty, of truth and of fullness, of hope. tagging as many lives as possible with this truth. Jesus gives us this beautiful example of having a new purpose 
And I, I read the scripture last week. It says, when Jesus came up out of the water from being baptized, it says, the Holy Spirit comes and descends and lands on him, and the Father speaks to him and says, this is my son who I love and I'm well pleased. Just after that, he's taken out into the desert. He's tempted by the devil. He whoops on the devil a little bit. He comes back from the, from the wilderness, and he goes into ministry. And one of the first things he does is he walks in, and this is, the account of this is in the book of Luke chapter 4. I'm just going to read this very quickly because I believe this is a prophetic word for us. And what that word means, what I, when I say prophetic word, I'm speaking something over you that you may not necessarily understand for your today, but it's true today, but it will become more evident tomorrow. So I believe this is a prophetic word over us. And Jesus read this, it says, when he went to Nazareth, when he had been brought up, and on the Sabbath day, he went into the synagogue, as was his custom, he stood up to read, and the scroll of the prophet Isaiah was handed to him. Unrolling it, he found the place where it is written. And this is what it said. In the book of Isaiah, in the older part of this book that we call the Bible, these words were written. Jesus takes it, and he rereads those words. Now I'm taking it, and I'm rereading the words of Jesus, who was rereading the words of Isaiah, who was just portraying the heart of God as he spoke to him. And he says, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me. The Spirit of the Lord is upon you. Because he has anointed you to proclaim good news to the poor. Tag. He sent you to proclaim freedom for the prisoners. Tag. Recovery of sight for the blind. Tag. To set the oppressed free. Tag. And to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. This is what I believe. I believe that 2020 is the year of the Lord's favor. When I open up media, when I listen to what people saying, you know, I see all these memes, like someone come get 2020, take it back. No. Because this is the year of the Lord's favor. Yeah, song we just sang, revivals in the air. Can I tell you, that's 2020. You can't have revival without resistance because you can't grow what you don't put pressure on. And so God right now is saying, this is the year that I have proclaimed my favor over. And I am not going to stop with my outstretched hand, but I want to do it through relationships of reconciliation. I've tagged you with my love. I've tagged you with my anointing. I've tagged you with right identity. Now I want you to go out. And it's this simple, Pat. This is what God said to me. It's this simple. Sharks and minnows. Tag. This scripture is telling me you're it. It is up to you. It's your decision. But I'm going to tell you something. You know, regardless of, of what I decide to do with my children, I'm still a father. 
I just want to tell you something. Regardless of what you decide to do, regardless if you decide to tag other people in your life and through your life, you're still a reconciler. That identity doesn't go away. Just because, just because a father decides to orphan his children doesn't mean that he's not a father. It just means that he's a father that decided to leave orphans behind. And what I'm saying is, God is asking us to not be mothers and fathers as we meet and we come into relationship with the Son, Jesus Christ, that we decide, I want to be a mother or father who makes the conscious decision of leaving orphans behind. Nah, this is getting... We have work to do. We cannot forget the mission. We cannot forget the mission. Why don't you stand with me? We've been empowered to empower others. So I'm just going to pray. Father, I just pray right now in the name of Jesus, and I ask. Lord, as you empowered your son Jesus, you have empowered us through him. That as a reconciler, he came and he reconciled the difference in the account, the record of our lives. God, we have the ability to partner with you through your son, Jesus Christ, empowered by the Spirit of God to be able to come alongside people and speak directly to their value and their worth, to begin speaking to them about who they belong to, begin speaking to them about those deep things in their heart that they dream about, begin speaking to them about who it is that they feel like deep down inside is dying to come forth. Sometimes people don't even see, they're so muddled. We get so riddled and weighed down with this poor, false, accusatory accounting process by the enemy. We don't even know who we are. So God, I'm asking right now, and I'm calling to the front. I'm calling, Lord, every single person in this room. I'm calling the reconcilers to grab a hold of the year of the Lord's favor. We are halfway through 2020. It's not over. We are just beginning. Some of you need to hear these words. It's not over. Sometimes what needs to die in order for things to live, we look at those things as they die and we think that those things are showing us the completion and something coming to an end. And we apply that to everything. And God wants to remind you that there are some things that are coming to an end so new things can be birthed. Okay, these things that I'm saying right now, are, I think these are things for some people in the room personally. People that are, that are listening online right now. Some of you are perceiving the things that are dying as the finished end. And God's saying it's just the beginning. Because these things have to die for these new things. The old is gone. The old had to die for the new to come. So I say bring on the back half of 2020. I say bring, bring on the back half of this year. It's the, it, this is the year of the Lord's favor. So I'm saying bring revival. I'm saying bring reconciliation. I'm saying bring those who are weary. Bring those who are heavy. Bring those who have been lied to. 
Bring them here to the reconcilers. Let us go out. Let us become the light and the hope. Let us give accurate account for the lives of the people around us. Let us stand up for the oppressed. Let us lay hands on those who are blind and cannot see yet. But we all know that this is the year of the Lord's favor. And together we can say yes and amen. Together we can say yes and amen and amen. Thank you. We love you guys. We look forward to seeing you soon. Amen and amen.